and welcome to the Full 10 Yards Betting Podcast. It is week 12 of the NFL season. That means it's Thanksgiving's week, Thanksgiving week. So we've got three game previews for you uh, on the Thursday night. And we're going to go through the rest of the games for the weekend in a nice early Wednesday podcast. I'm joined tonight by Liam at underscore Liam on Liam Horsley on Twitter. And at Callum, JD Squires is Callum uh, joining us from the States. He's obviously got a pretty busy day tomorrow. A lot busier than we have over here. But... Um, I'm off work, so I'll be watching, well, a busy day of World Cup from 10 a.m. and then World Cup and NFL in the evening. So it's a dream day, really. I really can't complain. Uh, Liam, how are you doing? You uh, got any plans for tomorrow? Well, tomorrow is my 30th birthday. So uh, my plans are to watch sport, bet on sport, and enjoy some nice food in the evening. So, um, yeah, it should be good. So far, I've been trying to do £10 on every World Cup game, and I got to give up today because there's been too many nil-nils. So there's just not enough props there out there for me because I'm not enjoying these nil nils. So I'm giving that up, but I'm going to bet on some uh, NFL action tomorrow. I'm hoping for a Bills, uh, a Bills kind of Lions crazy game that just makes no sense and it's like forty three forty to someone. That's that's what I want to happen. So we'll see. Happy birthday to you. Um, hopefully Thank be you. a good one. That to- the total on that one has ticked up, I think, from fifty point five earlier in the week. It's now fifty four point five. So that's just me. <laughs> you've just been putting out your £10 over there instead well you're yeah, going to get a load of birthday money tomorrow I'm sure so you know <laughs> it's all good uh, Callum as um, you were saying earlier you've got a busy evening today and um, obviously a busy one tomorrow yeah I mean it's it's always funny because you know people here always ask me about like you know what what do they do in the UK with Thanksgiving I was just like yeah it's called Thursday um, so <laughs> you know it doesn't really translate obviously but it's nice to be here it's good to good to be able to kind of enjoy the games during the uh the waking hours as opposed to uh having to stay up and risk missing work on friday um though I, again i think we'll get into it but the uh the night game is not necessarily the most exciting of the three um but yeah looking forward to it i mean thanksgiving's it's weird because it's just like christmas presents so you still just get good food and the sport on tv so i'm happy regardless i mean it's a it's a great day to be here always made me always confused me when they're listening to the Damashek podcast and he says that they only have like mashed potato and gravies twice a year and it's just that's that's a weekly thing over here it's <laughs> it boggles my mind that that's a special thing for thanksgiving and christmas they eat some um, weird things okay so yeah yeah uh so yeah well let's get on to the thanksgiving's game thanksgiving games then i can't apparently i can't say that um, we start off with the Bills minus 9.5 out of Detroit Lions with a total of 54, 54.5. Uh, the Bills obviously played in Detroit this week, but then randomly went back home and then came back out to Detroit, which seems like it wouldn't have been as beneficial as just staying there. But I guess plans changed quite quick. Um, the Bills obviously coming off a comeback win uh, last week. It was closer than I think a lot of people thought it was going to be, uh, but they eked out the win and got back on track. Josh Allen. I don't believe he ended up on the injury report last week. So that's probably good news with his elbow injury. It doesn't seem to have affected him too much, although he was throwing a couple of interceptions in games previous, but last week he was clean. Um, it's Diggs, Davis and Knox, really. It's the, the three that has been all year. They've got the running game going a little bit. Devin Singletary's done a little more in recent weeks. Um, but yeah, I, I obviously I've got the Bills in well, multiple times to win the big thing. Uh, win the whole thing. Um, so I do think they're obviously going to win this one. It's a tough spread at minus 9.5. Um, the Lions obviously have not been great, but they are capable of putting up points, which is why it's 
Uh, they activated Jameson Williams this week. I don't think he's going to make it for tomorrow, but he's back practicing. He was their draft pick in the, I think it was first round uh, this year. He was one of one of their draft picks. Um, but they've been putting up points without him. They've done quite well. Jamal Williams gets a lot of the goal line work. To front, uh, DeAndre Swift, not really sure what's going on with him. He's he's not getting a whole lot of work in recent weeks. So um, we'll be interested to see how he does in this one. And then obviously Amar St. Brown is their superstar wide receiver. Um, I think I've covered most of the big names there. Uh, Liam, on to you. Yeah, it's a lot of names there. I've got to be like about Brock Wright or someone, the uh, tight end, someone like that, maybe. <laughs> but um, yeah, no, I think it should be a fun game. I was saying on my podcast earlier, this feels like a game to me that if the Lions score first, it's going to be a great game. But if the Bills score first, then we have a Jared Goff three and out and it's 10-0 after six minutes, then it's like, uh, I'm not sure. But if the Lions score first, I think this could be a really good game. Um, I like the over, to be honest, but it's a high, high total, but I just root for fun on Thanksgiving, especially because it's the best time for us. 5.30 is ideal. So, yeah, I think it will go over. Um, like you said, Josh Allen, I think he's thrown a couple of ducks, to be honest, as well, with his elbow injury, but overall it looks probably better than we all thought. So I do think their offense should be okay. It didn't start well last week, but it ended pretty well. Um, so prop-wise, I know we're going to go into it, but um, him to score... Over two and a half passing TDs is one that I really liked. I just think if this game becomes a shootout, then uh, I think the Lions' defense can be pretty bad on that back end. Um, so I do think that they can score some points. So, yeah. Uh, in terms of spread, I would probably go with the Lions because I want chaos. And as a person who's bet the Chiefs and Eagles to have the best records in the league, I don't want the Bills to keep winning. So um, I'd probably go with the Lions just for fun. But I think the over is probably a pretty good shout. Unbelievable that before hell freezes over, Liam takes the Lions handicap. It's incredible. I love it. Fantastic. <laughs> Great to see. Ne- nearly nearly 30 years old, new man, re- Dan Campbell <laughs> believer. I love it. Yeah, um, I-, I would take the Lions here too. Largely, I agree. I think fun. I think chaos. But again, they don't really get blown out. I mean, aside from the... They had the Patriots loss, which was kind of an egregious one-sided affair. But beyond that, I really don't think there's been a game where they've been down by more than two possessions i think in terms of i don't think so um they they're a covering machine they played really well uh you know the last three weeks and have you know gone on a three-game winning streak and i have a friend of mine who's a big lions fan and he said whisper it but if we win on thanksgiving we're right in the playoff hunt and four games in a row that would be yeah and and i mean look i don't think they're gonna win i think the bills will win but I, I definitely think the Lions will be up for it and be able to play them close. I I agree with Liam. I think the over is probably the play, um, largely out of fun as much as anything else. Uh, but yeah, I, I don't I don't I don't rule the Lions out here. I think they can um, they can be scrappy. And the Bills' defense has not looked quite as stifling in the last month as it did for the first six weeks. So yeah, why not? Let's uh, let's hope the Lions keep it close and make it interesting for all of us. Yeah, I hope so. Um, as I say, I'm off work now. I'm meeting a mate at the pub at half five. So we've got that on the little screen and then the World Cup will be on the big screens. And it's Brazil against someone in the, the late the, the late game. So it's a, a decent decent setup for my evening. Um, so, yeah, we do have a few props on this one. I, I wrote down Brock Wright at seven to one just because I thought it was fairly generous odds for probably their tight end one now. Um, Shane Zilstra was 16 to 1 if you wanted to go really exotic. Um the Josh Allen <laughs> over two and a half passing touchdowns is 31 to 20, so I've just done 64 on that one at Bet365. Three, bet three, 
Um, I like Gabe Davis over 23 and a half uh, for his longest reception. Generally, when he makes catches, they're 20 plus. The yards down the field and obviously the Lions defense is not very good. And then um, Liam mentioned Amonar St. Brown over seven and a half receptions. That's six to five. And I quite like him for a touchdown at six to four as well. Um, Callum, did you have anything prop wise on this? No, I kind of looked at all the lines and wasn't uh, all the lines of the players receiving yardage totals. I wasn't really convinced by any of them being super uh, easy to understand. Um, but the you know the, the value on I just think Jamal Williams is is likely to score, potentially getting him to get a brace, considering what he's been doing lately. I, I think is a decent look. Yeah, amazingly, uh, uh, Paddy Power has him at four to one for two touchdowns, which is just terrible. Um, but you can get him and Pollard two touchdown each at 50 to one on Skybet, um, which is one that I will probably have a little nibble on just for, yeah, just for the hell of it. You know, it's a bit of fun. Um, but obviously both of them did it this week. Uh, Pollard was nine to one on Sunday. He was one of the, the ones I had in my Trixie, which he, he achieved it. Um, the other guys didn't, but, um, yeah, it's, uh, Decent odds on both of those guys, I think. Um, next up is Giants plus nine and a half at the Cowboys with a 45.5 total on that one. Uh, the Giants are missing four offensive linemen for the game, so that could cause some issues. Uh, the Vikings missed one offensive lineman last week and they got utterly mauled by Mike Parsons and his mates up front. So it could be a rough day for Daniel Jones and the people up top there. Um, I think this one was about seven points earlier in the week. So, again, it's drifted towards the home team, which is no real surprise. Um, don't have a whole lot more to say on this one. The Cowboys' offense has looked really good with Dak. He's been able to get them moving more. Tony Pollard, obviously, has blown up in recent weeks. Um, we do... I'll let, let Liam mention about Zeke and what the possible balance is going to be there. Um, but, yeah, CeeDee Lamb has been great. Um, Michael Gallup has... He's been Michael Gallup. He's the probably second or third option there in the passing game. And obviously Dalton Schultz picked up as well. Uh, the Giants are mainly Saquon Barkley. So that's really the only person to talk about on that one. Um, Liam, anything else? Yeah, I think the running backs, like you mentioned, are going to be important because he's still got, Tony Pollard still got a lot of touches last week, but that was the first game, obviously, where Zeke looked a bit more healthy. So I'm just concerned uh, betting-wise on what lines to go with with both of those two. I think it might be a bit more split this week. I know you mentioned that Zeke's touchdown line was a bit higher than it would be traditionally. I think it was, was it plus money for Zeke. Was it 13 to 8? Was that right? 13 to 10 at William Hill. 13 to 10, yeah. And um, you're talking probably a year and a half ago, he's odds, odds on for a touchdown. So I think that's pretty good value. We saw last week that Pollard got stuffed a couple of times and Zeke ran it in from the one-yard line, just doing what Zeke does. He's very good in short yardage. So I think I would go with that. I'd be maybe stay away from other stuff with regards to their rushing totals, but I do think that receiving totals and touchdowns are, are pretty good. Um, in terms of the game, uh, I just think I would love to say the Giants here just to make it fun, but I just do think the Cowboys are going to win. Um, like you mentioned, uh, the defensive line they're going to eat against that offensive line. I know that Parsons was injured, got injured on an extra play that he played at the weekend when he didn't need to play, which didn't make sense to me, but they say they're going to start him. Jerry Jones, the doctor, has come out and said that he promises he'll be healthy. So if Jerry Jones is saying he's going to be healthy, then I'll believe him. Um, but yeah, I just think that potentially they're going to kill Daniel Jones here. So I, I will be looking at some Saquon Barkley stuff. Um, I think I've got on our props in a minute over 102 rushing and receiving yards combined. 
Um, but ideally, you need the Giants to stay in the game for the first half for that to, to come in because he's going to have to run. <laughs> so we'll see. Um, but yeah, I think the Cowboys will win. Dak looked really, really good at the weekend. So uh, we'll just see if I can get some Saquon props stuck in there and then Cowboys win by maybe two touchdowns on, on top as well, potentially. There's a lot of groundswell right now in the NFC for obviously the 49ers doing what they're doing and looking as good as they do. But I really think the Cowboys are looking impressive too as well. Um, everybody likes to like the Cowboys and that's fair enough. Um, but they, they do look good. And I think if slash when they add Odell Beckham Jr. to this offense, as it kind of feels more and more inevitable by the day, um, I just think they've got, they are poised to, to make some noise late on here. I, I don't think it's impossible for them to leap the Eagles and win. I still think that's in play. Uh, you would obviously need the Eagles to lose a game they shouldn't lose, but it's not its not outside the realms of possibility. So, yeah, I, I like the Cowboys here for sure. Um, nine and a half is high, but the Giants just didn't look good on offense against the Lions, and the Lions' defense is significantly less impressive than the Cowboys. Um, so, Thanksgiving, take the over and enjoy it, but you might find a situation where the Cowboys just lock them down. I mean, the best thing that could happen for this game would be the Giants to take the ball and score a touchdown on the opening drive. That would be the absolute best way to start. Um, and then, you know, Dak has to throw it a bit. So we'll see. But yeah, I I, uh, I do like the Cowboys, and I do think they're the favourites and the obvious choice in this game. Yeah, the Cowboys have scored at least 24 points in every game since Dak returned. Uh, obviously, the four games that he's been back. And, of course, their defence locked down. The fraudulent Vikings last week um, kept them to just three points. Um as they dominated that game. Um, so props for this one. Um, I know that Callum has one that we'll mention in a minute. I do like Dalton Schultz, 12-5 to 5 to score a touchdown. And pivoting off of Liam's um, Saquon uh, bet over 23.5 receiving yards is one I quite like. And then I've gone for receiving yards on the other side of the ball as well. Tony Pollard over 19.5 I thought was quite low, given the fact he can break one for, for that easily. Um, and that was my, my few on this one. Um, Liam, did you have any more? No, not really. There wasn't much more to look at. I think if I can get it, I always like to look at Dak's rushing yards as well. But in the UK, we just don't get the same QB rush totals as you do in the States. Um, and Skybet didn't have it yesterday. It might be up there today. I haven't checked. But um, yeah, I would look maybe at a Dak rushing just because he can scramble and get a few yards. So. Yeah, hard to disagree with um, any of those. I like, um, I like all sorry. the Yeah, sorry. I like all the ones that are on the screen. I just also thought I'd throw in Michael Gallup as well. Uh, 41 and a half receiving yards. I think that line is a little bit low. And have had the defensive success at times, and they will key on CD Lamb. So I think it's worth looking at Gallup as well as a potential option. Uh, yeah, Dalton Schultz over 37 and a half receiving yards was the other one we didn't mention. Dak Prescott is up now, um, 10 and a half for his rushing yards. So um, like not too bad at all, really. Um, I can tell you, though, I don't think he's rushed that much this year. Um, yeah, yeah, he's gone over it in three of the five uh, games that he's had. He normally has three, just over three rushing attempts per game. So if you think, well, we know that the Giants are a fairly decent defense, but I wouldn't be surprised if he goes over 11 yards. It's not exactly a high one there. Uh, so closing the night, a, I think half 12 in the UK um, is Patriots plus two and a half at the Vikings uh, with a total of 42.5. And I will let Liam deal with this one because it might be something they like. 
Yeah, this is going to be, uh, we know we do our best bets on the Thursday show. So um, this is going to be my best bet. Obviously, it's going to be the Vikings minus two and a half. I just think the Patriots are awful. Um, their defense is good, actually. I was looking yesterday, it's first in DVOA. But if you take the two Jets performances out, it's not in the top 10 in DVOA. So uh, any performance against Zach Wilson, who has uh, now been dropped for Mike White, um, I'm just going to kind of put that to the side and just say the defense is good, but it's not great. And I just think bouncing back from a terrible week, I think the Vikings are going to realize that they can't leave their tackles out on islands against the good teams like they did against the the Cowboys last week. Um, and maybe they start playing some more tight ends um, and, and kind of help chip block and things like that. So for me, I just think the Patriots aren't good enough on offense. I think Mac Jones has been terrible this season. Uh, it wasn't good last week either, to be honest. Um, I think what well, they scored three points, was it? Or six points maybe on offense. And the rest was all obviously on special teams with that play at the end um so for me i just think the offense isn't good enough regardless of what you think about the vikings offense justin jefferson's gonna get you enough yards and points so is dalvin cook to to score enough in this game uh i know it's against bill belichick but i just think field goal is fine they could easily win on a field goal at the end and it'll be a tight awful game but i'd still win my bet so yeah i'm gonna go vikings minus two and a half Hard to argue with it. Um, it really is. As much as the Vikings have finally showed their true selves and that they are complete frauds, um, it is, you know, this game is is terrible. I've got no interest in really following much that's going on in this game. Neither offense is interesting. And it's really, a, if anything, I wish this was the early game and we could kind of improve the day as, as the day goes on. Um, I could, honestly, I kind of like the under here. And it's a low total and I don't really feel good about it. But I like under 42.5 because... I don't believe in either of these to uh, move the ball down the field. I haven't found a price for it because I, I just don't know if it's going to be offered. But if you could find some sort of like interception accumulator between Jones and Cousins to throw three and a half or more or over three and a half between them, I don't hate that. I feel like you might get decent odds on that. Um, but yeah, the Patriots would have much offensive output aside from Ramondre Stevenson seems to be the only thing that they've got going for them. Obviously, Justin Jefferson is fantastic, but... The, uh, the Patriots' defense is, is carrying their team. So, yeah, I'd, I'd have to side on the under. If you make me pick a side, I'll probably take the Vikings, but I can almost guarantee just out of spite on the day, I will put money line in my day. After. <laughs> yeah, just um, just been having a quick check. Matt Judon leads the league in sacks with 13 this year, so he, he will be able to get pressure on Kirk Cousins. And obviously, it's a primetime game, which is... Uh, not the most great point, for Adam. Cousins. Great point. Yep. It's a le- it's a late yep. primetime game as well. Even worse. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But at least it's at home for him, so that helps him a little bit. But uh, yeah, he is. Uh, I have on here. He's got a ten and eighteen record um, in prime time, but that was from start of September, and I think he they've either won or lost one since then. So it's um, he's lost one. Yeah, not then. not the best spot for him. Um, yeah, in fact, that seems to be... I was just surprised the line wasn't like... I thought the line, if you'd have asked me, would have been five. Yeah. When I saw two and a half, I was like, this doesn't go with my yeah. numbers. I think you have to take you in the values like that with a field goal. But yeah, I'm not going to stay up and watch it. I'm afraid I'll watch, I'll watch the, the highlights the next morning on this one. <laughs> yeah, the game in 40 might be down at 13 minutes for this one. Um, <laughs> I don't think the Patriots are going to have a whole lot of offense, as you said. Mac Jones is terrible. He He was... I was going to say he was the better QB in their game at the weekend, but I'm not even sure that's true, to be honest. He's he's really nah. looked dismal this year. and They've they've killed his confidence. He was a good game manager the, in his rookie, rookie year, and this year he just hasn't gone on. 
Um, so yeah, a couple of props for this one. I've uh, got some TJ Hawkinson heavy ones, uh, five to two for a touchdown and over four and a half receptions for him. He's had nine, seven and five receptions in the three games he's played for the Vikings. And it was plus money for um, over four and a half receptions. So I thought that one was fairly decent. And I do like uh, Ramondre Stevenson over 20 and a half receiving yards. Although Liam told me before the before the podcast that under three and a half receptions, I think it was, is um, yeah. PFF's favorite bet. So those two well, he can might get, he can get each other. You can get thirty yards off one reception, and we can both win. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that, that's the that's the hope. Um, and then Liam had uh, Justin Jefferson, and um, Callum had a Thielen related one. Um, so you got Justin Jefferson over six and a half receptions. I think that was plus money. Um, I think it was six to five when I checked. Yeah, it was, yeah. And uh, Adam Thielen over 44 and a half um, is one that um, Callum mentioned to me. Yeah, I just think, you know, they are going to key in on Jefferson, obviously. And I, I think Thielen is someone who can create separation pretty well. You know, I know he's more of a red zone threat at times now. So maybe even you want to look at the price on him for a touchdown, though Hawkinson's probably the better value. Um, yeah, I, I, I do think 45 yards is perfectly reasonable for a player of Adam Thielen's quality, especially when they're going to be focused in on Jefferson. Yeah, I was going to add as well, um, yeah, I've, uh, request, I've requested a sack bet as well. So just a Judon one sack and a Judon two sacks, as they haven't come back yet. They don't normally do it to the day. So, um, But I just think you're right. <laughs> Darasaw out the left tackle and Kirk being the way he is, even though I like him, he holds the ball too long when he's get hit once. So if he gets touched once, then Judon slash whoever's going to get a sack. And I think Judon's so good that I'll try and find one or two sack bet if I can do it. Yeah, I'd definitely be going for that. Um, do you know, by the way, if half sacks count on those? Um, you'd have to have two half sacks. <laughs> and then, <laughs> it, and literally, then it would count... they have to be one full. Uh, no, you can ca- count. You can, yeah. you can count halves because I've won it on Chris Jones before getting the half, two half sacks because the box stores okay. will still say one at the total. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah, two halves is fine. If you get one half, then you're fuming because so. it's the worst day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> TJ Watt definitely didn't win at the weekend. Then he only, he only had half a sack against uh, against the Bengals, who put up a pretty decent offensive line performance. Um, we all agreed before the pod that we like the Skybet treble: uh, Jamal Williams, Stefan Diggs, and Tony Pollard all to score at nine to one. Uh, they also have Bills, Cowboys, Vikings all twenty plus points. That was six to four um, over at Skybet. Thought that one was fairly generous. And then Liam mentioned Diggs and Jefferson eighty plus receiving yards each. At eleven to eight, I assume Skybet as well. Yeah, Skybet as well. Yeah, and I bet all those three. So good. Tomorrow could be disastrous. We'll see. <laughs> points, points, points. <laughs> um, and yeah, obviously I mentioned Pollard and Jamal Williams. Two each is uh, fifty to one. I also don't mind. Weirdly enough, the hundred twenty-five to one, uh, right at the bottom of the um, enhanced. Uh, touchdown scorers that they had in there was DeAndre Swift, Josh Allen, C.D. Lamb, T.J. Hawkinson, and Damian Harris all to score at 125 to one. I didn't think that was terrible. <laughs> Worth a quid. Uh, um, so yeah, that is Thursday night. Looked at. Uh, we will move on to the Sunday games, and I'll go straight to Callum for his best bet. Yeah, I, I, I like the Baltimore Ravens this week. It's it's a weird week, but there isn't really much that I like on either side with you because some of these games are. A bit strange. Um, Jaguars started the season really, really well and have faded. The Ravens started the season pretty well despite losing some high-profile games and have kind of faded themselves, though I put a lot of that down to injuries. 
Um, they obviously beat the Panthers last week and you never really thought they were going to lose, but it wasn't exactly a comprehensive uh, victory. A lot more from Lamar, and I think probably that's to do with him not necessarily having enough around him. We kind of mentioned repeatedly how, how few uh, you know, talented wide receivers he's had while he's been there in his whole career. Uh, but I do think that, you know, Demarcus Robinson has started to step up. Uh, you know, it looks like someone who can help as Liam will know him well from his time in Kansas. Um, but yeah, I just think the Ravens should win this game probably by a touchdown. So I'm quite happy to take minus four. Yeah, I think um, I talked about it today on a different pod, but I think they were surprisingly bad last week, actually, which I think helps actually helps you for this bet because I think the line would have been more like seven, to be honest. If they'd have come out and smashed the Panthers by 20 points, I think this is minus seven. So, yeah, I'm with Callum. I think minus four is a good bet. I probably won't go anywhere near the total. Uh, I would always say lean over because I like how the Jags offense plays. But when you get that one Trevor Lawrence game where he throws two picks, then the under is going to be the one to go. So I'm just going to stay away from the total. I like the Ravens. And I'll probably look at some um, Kenyon Drake sort of Rush yards, maybe Lamar Jackson rush yards together, something like that. But um, yeah, I think minus four is a good shout for the Ravens. Although while you're talking, Liam, I have yeah. just received a notification that says Lamar Jackson was not present during the media portion of Wednesday <laughs> practice. So that's great. Um, so I, you know, I, if Lamar doesn't play, then I think I reserve the right to put an asterisk on this one. Um, but, By the uh, way, isn't he always yeah. ill? Have you? Have you have yeah, I mean, this, this thing about maybe him? the weakest, the weakest immune system I've ever seen. Um, <laughs> who knows? Anyway. Uh, I I hope that um, I hope that he's able to play, and I think the Ravens will uh, will be good if so. Yeah, I'm sure he'll make it through. Um, as you say, both of these have kind of fallen off a cliff a little bit. The Jaguars have been mildly entertaining, and obviously when they get it going, it's great. Travis Etienne is very very good. Um, I know we've mentioned before his smaller stature, but he seems to be dealing with it all, and he's doing well with it. Uh, obviously, Christian Kirk has got a decent, a decent um, connection with Trevor Lawrence, but it's not reliable. And the Ravens' defense has been very good recently. Um, yeah, I, it, it's hard to take anything other than Ravens minus four on this one. So that is what I would go with. Um, annoyingly, I am not watching the World Cup like everyone else seems to be at the moment. <laughs> um, <clears throat> But as as we've been saying with Thanksgiving games, if the underdog scores first, then should make for entertaining games. So, well, uh, you guys will be able to see what goes on in that game. Um, right on to my best bet, and it's one I'm not overly confident with, but I am. If that makes sense, uh, the Bengals' offense has been hitting its stride recently. I've gone with the Bengals minus one and a half at the Titans. Uh, totals forty two and a half there. Uh, yeah, they've been hitting their stride even without Jamar Chase. They've overcome that loss to the Browns. The team that they always lose against is something that I wasn't. It wasn't really that much of a shock to me how bad they were in that game. Um, but last this week against the Steelers, they did very well against uh, that pass rush. They contained it well, and Samaj P. Ryan stepped up with uh, three receiving touchdowns randomly. Um, Joe Mixon, I believe, will probably get through concussion protocol. I think it was more of a precautionary uh, concussion. I didn't actually see it. It wasn't on Gaming 40, which I watched in the morning. Um, but I can only assume it was a dirty cheap shot by the Steelers, but I'm sure he will. <laughs> uh, I'm sure he'll get through it. Um, but yeah, the, the offense has been clicking and the Titans can't keep up if they're facing a good offense. Also, the Bengals got DJ Reader back last week. Uh, he is their main run stopper, so he should do a decent job against um, Derek Henry. And then the Titans don't have a whole lot after that. Obviously, 
Actually, I might be a bit derogatory to them. They did very well against the Packers. Uh, Tannehill went over 300 yards. Nick Westbrook-Akine with two (laughs) touchdowns and 100 and something. Uh, I think someone's on delay watching these. (laughs) Yeah, Cam's on delay in America watching this game. I can see his face. (laughs) Just a a shocked face from uh, Callum. Um, Yeah, so basically the Titans, I know they they do better than I expect every single week. They're very well coached. They definitely are the best coach in this game, but I just don't think they're going to keep up with the Bengals. Uh, Liam, have your attention for a sec. Well, first of all, we had uh, the typical worst day in the weekend where... P. Ryan decides to kill everyone's fantasy teams and just get loads of points and no one's playing him and it's just the worst waste ever. But that was my mini Bengals rant. But um, yeah, so earlier I predicted the Titans, but this is just, this is a close game for me. I see these two teams as similar levels. I think one's defense is elite and the other one's offense can be elite. And I just think that they're very similar. So yeah, I'm not going to bemoan anyone for picking the Bengals. Burrow's playing really well at the moment. The offensive line's definitely improved. Um, he stopped throwing turnover-worthy plays as well and interceptions now. He's really clean uh, in terms of his throws as well. So everyone always talks about the sacks, which I think some are on him, some are on the line, but he's actually stopped throwing the bad passes as well now. So I do think that makes a difference. But yeah, I would lean Titans, but I'm not going to put anyone off against the Bengals. The total as well, I actually would go over because I think if Traylon Burks is playing well, again, and Derek Henry has a good start like he often does uh, in these big games, I think... We could see an over, so my best bet would probably be the over 42.5. But yeah, I'm, I'm not against either side. I think this is probably going to be the best game of the weekend. Yeah, I really like the over in this for sure. I think Chase coming back really um, I'm a big fan of both of these teams, to be completely honest. I mean, you know, uh, AFC rivals and all that, but I think they're both really fun to really fun to watch for very different reasons. I mean, I said this before, the Titans, you're basically tuning in just to watch Derrick Henry. Um, whereas the Bengals, you kind of tuning in to watch that offense with all of its weapons. Obviously, Chase difference. I think if Chase was not coming back, I think there's a decent chance the Titans might be favored in this one. I will say I'm very wary of Mike Vrabel being offended that he's a home underdog, and therefore maybe the Titans just come out and absolutely murder them. That could happen. But generally speaking, I do think that um, you know, I do think this game will have points, and I uh, I do fancy the Bengals to win overall. It's a playoff revenge game as well for the Titans. Yep, it is. It is. Yeah, so Vrabel is 9-4 and four against the spread as a home underdog uh, in his time as the Titans head coach. Something I was just checking out while we were doing that. Um, yeah, obviously, massive revenge game from last season where Burrow took, obviously, quite a few sacks. Um, <laughs> the two turnovers Burrow threw against the Steelers, neither of them were classed as turnover-worthy plays. Um, which again highlights where the Bengals have been going. And um, I think Burrow, Burrow, if you remove the Steelers game, I think he's thrown like 30 and one or something like that, 30 touchdowns to one interception. It's it's absurd that you get rid of those two kind of freakish games and he's been incredible. So yeah, we'll see what happens with it. I, I am, as I say, I, I'm a pessimist anyway, so I find it <laughs> difficult to be confident in the Bengals, but I do think they've got enough on paper here. And uh, as as you as was mentioned, uh, Burrow has said that Chase will play this week. Uh, just gotta hope he doesn't aggravate that hip injury. Um, so on to the rest of the games. We'll try and fly through these because we've had half hour already. Uh, Falcons plus four and a half at the Commanders with a total of forty one. Not the best game on paper here. Uh, the Commanders have been a lot better with Taylor Heineke under centre. They've managed to get a few wins under the belt, whereas the Falcons seem to have gone the other way. They seem to be throwing away games more than ever now, and 
I was going to say Kyle Pitts is a big loss for them, but he's really not. They they don't know <laughs> how to use him and they, they can't get it going. Um, it looks like Mariota will keep his position on the centre. Uh, if they got rid of him and went with Desmond Ritter, it might be a little bit more interesting. Um, but I'd, I'd have to lean to the home side here and go for Commanders minus four and a half. Yeah, if Ritter was playing, I might go best bet Falcons. I just think Mariota is terrible. I just they have to... I don't think they're going to do it, but they just have to take him out. But I've been saying that since week seven, it felt like. So I don't think we're ever going to see the change. But yeah, if I had to go lean spread, I'd go commanders, but it's a bit higher than I'd probably like. Um, I think the over 41 is a really good bet. Both these two teams are always involved in crazy games. So <laughs> I think over 41 is probably a good shout for this one. Yeah, I totally agree. I think over is the play generally. It doesn't make any sense with this game because if the Falcons win, they'll be 500 and they don't deserve to be a six-win team. Commanders win, there'll be two games above 500, which is more baffling because they're six and five right now, which just doesn't make sense. So, uh, yeah, I kind of wish both teams could lose because I think that's really what they deserve. Uh, but yeah, I'll take the over 41 and slightly lean towards the commanders because I do believe in Terry McLaurin a bit more than I believe in, I guess, Drake London and whoever else the Falcons have at wide receiver. You don't want to see a Heineke yeah. at Dallas playoff game then in uh, January. <laughs> I mean, I don't mind, but like, I don't hate Heineke. I just don't think he's actually very good. And just generally, <laughs> generally speaking, I just think the Commanders as an organization, I know they're trying to get better, but they've been in for a long time. And yeah, just I can't, I can't really believe in either of these two teams. Yeah, yeah, I think that's a fair, a fairly uh, fair assessment of those two teams. Uh, next game up is the Bears uh, plus four and a half at the Jets. The Jets have announced today that Zach Wilson is done, finally. And I, I believe he's not even the backup. So they're going to be starting Mike White with Joe Flacco uh, backing him up. Um, I mean, you've got to think that our offense is going to be better with either of those two. Obviously, Flacco started the season well. And Mike White showed last year that he can have the odd game or two where he's good. And he's going up against a Bears defense, which has been pretty much the worst in the league since they traded away um, Robert Quinn and Roquan Smith. Uh, the Bears' offense has been fantastic. Um, it, I think Justin Fields is going to play. He dislocated his non-throwing shoulder on Sunday and finished off the game. It's going to hurt like hell, but it looks like he'll be fine to play in this one. So, I guess I'm going for the over. I like. I don't. I th- <laughs> the Jets' defense is very, very good, and I think Fields will still run the ball. Um, so yeah, I guess I'm going over 39.5. I don't really have any reason to not go for that one, frankly. I think the Bears have scored like 20 points in nearly all of their last five games, I think. So you, you just need big Mike White to score 21 and you can get your uh, at least get your over there. But um, yeah, I don't mind the over, to be honest. I'm a bit of a, I was a Zach Wilson fan in college in the draft process as well. Wrote a few write-ups about him. Uh, so disappointed that he is this bad because it is pretty bad. Uh, I will add, though, that I think Mike White is also terrible. So I'm not quite sure how much this is going to do. I think if this was Flacco, I'd be a bit more... Jets kind of positive just because I think he can at least manage the game well. I think still Mike White will throw some potential turnovers. So yeah, I'd be leaning Bears. Um, I don't like the Fields injury. I think it's probably going to limit his run total. So I might not bet the over on his rush for the first time in four or five weeks. But um, I think if he plays, they can do enough on offense to win. So I would lean Bears plus four and a half and just think it's a close game. Yeah, I agree with that. I'm actually surprised the Bears are not favored in this game. Um, I actually think they've been playing quite well. The Jets are a fraudulent six and four. I think um, they they're six and four, right? I think yeah. 
they they don't they they don't do games above five hundred either. Um, <laughs> Mike White is interesting. He is electric in a way that doesn't really make a whole lot of sense. Um, but I, I I can't trust that Jets offense at all. I, I really can't, and I don't really trust the Bears. But Fields has been playing well, and like you said, running all over the place. Over, um, it's just so low. You don't really need a whole lot for that to come in. Um, not a game I'm very interested in at all. But yeah, I would probably take the Bears money line as one of my upsets for the week. Weirdly, Jets have to win this game to stay in the playoff hunt. By the way, which yeah. is a crazy thing to say, but th- this is one of their only winnable games left. So. <laughs> Yeah, they, they did have a very tough schedule at the start of the season. I was talking to someone on Twitter and I looked at it and thought, okay, Jets teams got better and looked at it. I thought five wins was maximum for them. So they've exceeded my expectations, mainly due to def- the, the defense. But yeah, I, I don't class them as in the playoff hunt, but obviously numerically they are. So fair play <laughs> to them. Um, yeah, talking of games that no one cares about, Broncos minus two and a half at Panthers at total of 36, um, which... <laughs> Which is, uh, yeah, I don't think I'll be watching much of this one. Uh, I guess I've got to lean to the Broncos minus two and a half, but they just can't, they just can't finish drives. There's uh, a meme been going around all week this week that Russell Wilson's on target to finish with fewer touchdowns than he has toilets in his new home. Um, he's on, tar- <laughs> he has twelve bathrooms apparently in his house, and he's on seven passing touchdowns this year, which is just, it's it's remarkable in a terrible way. And of course, they got a, the good old stat. If if they'd scored nineteen points in a game, they'd be nine and one this year. It's just terrible to watch. And but their defense is elite, and the Panthers' offense is most definitely not elite. Uh, their defense isn't very good either. So as I say, I guess I've got to lean to Broncos minus two and a half. But they've let us down for the entire year. So I won't be surprised to see Deontay Foreman going off for two hundred yards and two touchdowns, and then winning fourteen ten or something ridiculous. Um, so yeah, that's uh, that's probably too much that I've said about this game. <laughs> uh, yeah, I just sum it up with I just can't bet on Russell Wilson. I just can't do it. It's just ridiculous. So yeah, I'm going to go tight. Uh, Panthers plus two and a half. I don't know why, but I would probably just lean that way. I think the Broncos are that bad. The total you probably should should go over, but do you trust these two teams to go over on any total? I just don't think you can. So yeah, I probably lean Panthers just because I think Russell Wilson's awful. Um, Chase Edmonds is on IR and they've released Melvin Gordon, so the running back position's now worse as well. So um, yeah, I don't know what's going to happen with their offense. And the Panthers have upgraded at quarterback, which I'll let Callum talk about in a minute. Sam Donald playing over <laughs> Baker Mayfield. Well, I was going to say that's the main headline of this story, and we haven't even uh, haven't even got there yet. Um, so get Russell Wilson. This is the Sam Donald revenge game. Like, is he the guy? No, but like maybe. Um, I wonder, yeah, I was, I was going to ask next season, ignoring the rest of this season, who do you think starts a game first, Baker or Zach Wilson in the 2023 NFL season? Uh, oh, exactly. Zach, Tough Zach, Zach Wilson, <laughs> because Jimmy G is going to get injured in like week six for the Jets or something. <laughs> <laughs> Jimmy G to the Jets would be the most wonderfully pointless move, that would be fantastic. Um, yeah, I I, I I, think you have to go Broncos here. Do I really trust or really even care about Sam Darnold's existence? I don't think so. <laughs> um, I'm almost, I think I said it the other week that like, you know, if there was a, in the, yeah, last week when there was supposed to be the Thundersnow game, I said I would take the over no matter what as a personal challenge. I'm almost tempted to take the on this no matter what, even if it goes down to like 32 just as a personal challenge because <laughs> these two offenses are so bad. 
that I honestly feel you could just put the bet in and not think about it and see it at the end and it was 13-3 and you're like, great, easiest <laughs> win ever. Um, can't feel good about either of them. I will say that apparently, I was looking at some fantasy stats earlier, DJ Moore has had his best uh, production under Sam Darnold out of any of the kind of uh, Panthers rotating carousel, carousel of quarterbacks that they've had over the last year and a half. So if you are looking for props, maybe a little DJ more over, because I think his line will probably be a little bit lower than it perhaps should be. Um, so I could maybe see some some value. Uh, but that's probably about it as far as uh, this game goes. Uh, 23 to 10 it is for under 29.5 points in this one. So if you wanted to uh, extend your uh, your riskiness, that. then um, that, that was the two to one that you could find. Yeah, it's... Um, yeah, I, I suppose narratively there's a little bit of fun in this one, but yeah, football-wise, probably not. Uh, Texans plus 13 at Miami Dolphins with a total of 47 is the next one on the slate. Uh, the Texans are terrible. There's uh, not a whole lot more to say about them. They have swapped QB this week to Kyle Allen, which, um, much like the game before, <laughs> I don't think it really matters that much, whether it was Kyle Allen or... Um, Davis Mills at quarterback. I guess it, they're at least trying to get a spark there. Um, obviously, Brandon Cooks is the only real person to talk about on their offense, other than Damian Pierce on the ground. Um, but yeah, they they'll be lucky to they'll be lucky to score fourteen points in this one. So I guess I'd have to lean with the the Dolphins minus thirteen. But then again, the Dolphins won't need to put up many points. So will they bother trying when they have a big game on deck next week against the Forty Niners? Um. Yeah, two has been great. It's, I didn't want, didn't think I'd say that this year. Obviously, Tyreek and Jalen Waddle have been fantastic. The run game's now got going with Jeff Wilson and Mostert, a good one-two punch. So there's there's not a lot to dislike about the Dolphins, to be honest. Um, so yeah, I I wouldn't be taking the minus thirteen, but that's the way I'd definitely be leaning and probably under on the total just because I don't think the Texans will score much. Yeah, I just this I can't bet on this game in real life because I agree with you about the 49ers game. I think it's going to be too. It's going to be an important game, so is it a bit of a look ahead spot? Um, I probably bet the under 47, like you said. Um, I just think Texans. We well, don't know what it's going to be like if they run the ball well and get a little bit of luck in the red zone, and that QB gives them a spark, then they could score enough points for us to hit the over. But I think more times out or not, that QB is going to hit the under in games he plays. So I would lean the under and. Um, yeah, normally I would take the big spread, just 13 points, but it would just be a stay away for me, I think, to be honest. Keep saying nice things about the Dolphins, guys. You're making my day. It's beautiful. Um, yeah, I, I would take the minus 13 because I believe in this passing game and we seem pretty committed throwing the ball no matter what, but also the Texans have the 32nd ranked rush defense, I believe. So yeah. Wilson and Mostert could side them up anyway. Might be one of those weird games where if you're a fantasy owner, Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle might actually underperform unless they hit a big play just because we don't need to throw the ball down the field like we have done in other games. Um, so just be wary of Tyreek and Waddle overs because that could be a risky play. Uh, but yeah, I think the Dolphins win this game easy. The Texans are terrible. And uh, 13 points, weirdly, doesn't feel excessive to me. Hmm. Nice. Um, yeah. Yeah, as, as we've said, stay away. So, yeah, Jeff Wilson all over him this week by the look of it. Um, Bucks minus three and a half at the Browns. It is the Cleveland Browns' last game before Deshaun Watson returns next week against his former team. Uh, the Bucks have hit a little bit of form. They seem to be getting themselves together and uh, replacing, well, 
I say replacing, giving Richard White more of the ball than Lenny Fournette definitely worked last week in, well, when they played in Germany. <laughs> it wasn't last week. They've had their... Yeah, two weeks ago, there. yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, that definitely looked like it improved their offence and then it gives uh, Chris Godwin a bit of chance to rest up. Mike Evans, obviously, is one of the best in the league. So, yeah, I, I have to take the Bucks minus three and a half on this one. It was fairly close to being my best bet. It's just that other side of the hook. Uh, the Browns, I do not think, are a very good team with Brissett. Uh, obviously, Donovan Peoples-Jones. There was some crazy stat that he's had, I think, more high receptions than any other player in the re- in recent weeks or more solid yardage than any other player in the league in recent weeks. But they just don't seem to do much with it. Uh, Nick Chubb, I said earlier in the year, was the best running back in the league. He seems to have fallen off a bit. And while the Bucks' defense is still not really getting it together, they aren't. They aren't awful. Um, so yeah, I'm going Bucks minus three and a half. That was a long way to say something very simple. Yeah, I'm the same. Bucks minus three and a half. I think the Browns are terrible. Um, I thought they could do well against the Bills, and then you had that like sequence of, I think when I watched it was um, Brissett through two passes that nearly hit people's feet. They were that low. Next drive, they had a QB sneak on third and one. Then they had a QB sneak on fourth and one. Uh, obviously, they did not get either QB sneak. Uh, then they left Stefan Diggs wide open in the end zone. Two plays after he was like crying to his head coach, so he was never getting the ball. And they left him wide open. I just think this, I think this team's a mess. To be honest. I think Stefanski can coach a good game on offense, but I think his time might be running out. I think next season might be his last year. Um, and I hate them for trading for Watson. So this is getting to the point in the podcast now where. Because Watson's playing soon, I can just slate the Browns every single week. So that's probably what you're going to hear. So, uh, yeah, I'll go Bucks. Um, I don't know if I would touch the total, to be honest. It depends what sort of offense the Bucks have uh, on the day. But, um, yeah, I'll probably go for some Amari Cooper overs and then do some uh, Bucks alternative lines because I think they could win this by a touchdown. Hard to disagree with that at all. Um, this was probably my second favorite of the week. The Bucks look like they've figured it out, kind of, and the Browns look like they've regressed completely uh, just in time for he who shall not be named uh, to return. So, uh, yeah, I, I would definitely go with the Bucks here. Brady looks like he's, again, found his magic juice and a way to uh, get back into the playoffs somehow, despite the NFC South being so bad that they shouldn't have a playoff spot for that division. Just get rid of all the South playoff spots, AFC and NFC, and we'll just carry on with the rest of the league. Um, so Chargers minus four and a half at Cardinals, 47.5 the total there. Uh, I'm going to have to lean the Chargers, despite the fact that they constantly disappoint. And um, I'll, I've got a question for you both at the end of the podcast. I'll save it for that on, uh, on the Chargers. Um, Mike Williams went out of last week's game. I've, I've not seen how serious that was. I think he's questionable so I think there's a chance he goes Keenan Allen somehow made it through the game um, which is an achievement for him and Austin Eckler <laughs> obviously scored again because he tends to do that against the Chiefs uh, annoyingly just one um, but he, he found the end zone the Cardinals were dismal in um, Mexico City and then they are playing straight away um, yeah I, 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 I say I've got to lean the the charges here I think the Cardinals are done they are not a good team Um I would probably lean over on the total, um, although 47.5 relies on the Cardinals scoring probably 15, 20 points, which is not exactly a guarantee. So, yeah, that's uh, that's about it for me on that one. 
Yeah, I think Rondell Moore went off injured in that game as well, didn't he? And obviously, Marquise Brown mm. wasn't back yet, but hopefully for them, should be back this week. Um, I'll probably do some sort of Hopkins bets because I just think he's going to get the ball a lot. But uh, yeah, I'm with you. The Chargers minus four and a half. I'll probably take him up to seven, to be honest. I thought they were quite good against us, obviously watching the whole game. Um, I love Justin Herbert, so he's just far superior quarterback. And I just think that the team are in trouble. Obviously, they fired their offensive line coach after he groped a woman in a bar before the game. It's just like Cardinals. Just... Obviously, they're not Washington. They're not They're not um, the Browns. They're not that level of lack of morality. But they just seem like really badly organized and everything seems to go wrong. So, yeah, I would go Chargers. I'd lean the over as well, probably. But it's not one that I'll actually bet. But I just think the uh, Cardinal season could be done. And I'll pass over to uh, someone who will disagree with us. <sighs> yeah, I'm running out of excuses at a rapid rate. Um <laughs> I, will I saw say they were on I, your fraud watch, actually. By the way, well, they you were in the honor. They were in the honorable mentions for being the most injured team all season, which I do agree with. I do think they have been incredibly unlucky, and we still haven't actually seen the entire card together. Uh, update right this second: Kyler Murray is trending in the right direction to start on Sunday, so I will definitely take the over if Kyler plays. Um, it's hard to disagree with you on the Chargers being the bet here. The Cardinals do seem dead. Um, I do think that if the Cardinals had had Kyler Murray on Monday, that game would have been significantly closer. No disrespect to Colt McCoy, uh, but Kyler is still a supreme talent and will be a success in this league, no matter how much Liam wishes against him. Um, but I the... don't mind Kyler. It's Cliff I hate. <laughs> it's Cliff I hate. Season, season, season. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, this is... I, I think we're past saloon, but if the, if the Cardinals want to have any hope whatsoever... They have to win this game, and sometimes they show up when it gets down to that stage. So, uh, yeah, we'll see. I definitely like the over. It'll be an interesting game one way or another. I think there's a lot of weapons and a lot of fun that could be had in this game. Um, but, yeah, I just wish have a time when, you know, Marquise Brown, DeAndre Hopkins, James <laughs> Conner, Kyler Murray, Zach Ertz were all on the field at the same time. It has not happened at all. Um, no. just has not happened. And for that reason, I think Cliff Kingsbury will survive. And for that reason, I feel sorry for the Cardinals, even though nobody else does. Um, yeah. <laughs> I think the Chargers have to win this game, by the way. I, I, we'll see what the question is later, but I, uh, to get in the playoffs, this, they can't lose this game, I don't think. You think? I don't think they can lose this game, no, personally. Uh, I did have... Uh, I've got 538 open here, actually. Give me a sec. I can give you the expected percentages from... From then, the Chargers are 31% to make the playoffs. So, yeah, a loss here is going to be uh, quite painful for them if it did Someone happen. suggested them to miss the playoffs in a half-season uh, podcast. Well, I don't know who that yeah. was, but it's that smart man or whoever that was. Probably Jack, I'd imagine he's not here, though. <laughs> they'll, so. make the, they'll, make the playoff, they'll make the playoffs now as well, I've said that, unfortunately. Probably. Um yeah, like I, I kind of agree with Callum. If all those players were healthy, they'd at least be entertaining to watch. Whereas they're not even that at the moment, so it's a bit rough on them. But yeah, they've, Thanks, they've not been great this year. Uh, the Raiders are plus three and a half at the Seahawks with a total of forty-seven point five. Um, I, I mean, it seems seems difficult to take the Raiders here personally. I think minus three and a half for the Seahawks at home with a fully healthy team. Uh, coming off of their bye week after Germany is is pretty tempting. Um, the Raiders, obviously, without Darren Waller, without Hunter Renfro again, both of them are still on a IR after last week. So 
it's hard to see where the stuff's coming from for them. Um, obviously, Devontae Adams has been putting up huge yards and scored a few touchdowns. Last week in their win against the Broncos, they've won four games this year. Two of them are against the Broncos. So it's um, so it's tough to see where the Raiders are coming from. And I think Seahawks minus three and a half is, is the bet for me. And this one, obviously, I'd rather it was the three, but don't mind taking the hook. Um, I think Gino was obviously on for comeback player of the year. Kenneth Walker is on for rookie of the year. So they, they've got talent on the ground and through the air. So, yeah, Seahawks minus three and a half for me. Seahawks are going for the award sweep with the uh, rookie comeback player and the coach of the year as well. I think they're all in the top like two or three for the odds for those. But, um, yeah, I think if this was two and a half or three, similar to the Bucks game, actually, that would be my best bet. But I just didn't fancy the hook with it. But, um, yeah, I'm with you. I think Seahawks are a better team. Raiders are just struggling, as they've done for a while now. Obviously, Carr come out and spoke about a lot of things. That I thought it was quite interesting to watch, actually. I felt quite sorry for him. But you could tell that he was definitely saying that there's players in the team that just don't care. <laughs> I just feel like, even though they had a good win last week, I think that'll come back to in the fall this week. And I think I'll probably take some Devontae Adams overs, because it still surprised me. Second in the league for touchdown passes. Um Sorry, touchdown catches behind Travis Kelsey. And when you think about their Raiders season, you don't think their offense has generated someone who scored that many touchdowns, but he's still getting it done. So uh, I'll probably go some Adams overs and, and bet on the Seahawks. Um, i leave the total alone because you never know what Pete Carroll's going to do on, on offense or defense. But uh, yeah, I just think the Raiders are a little bit dead. And yeah, Carr probably on his way out, unfortunately, for him this offseason. Yeah, the Raiders are dead. And I think it's probably time for Derek Carr to move on. Um, but Devontae Adams continues to do exactly what you said he was, just be fantastic. And it's hard to look past him and this Raiders offense because he pretty much is the offense. You get the occasional Josh Jacobs game, but it really is Devontae Adams. And especially with Darren Waller on IR, they, they have suffered as well, I'll say. The Raiders have had some bad luck this year, though I am glad that my preseason take that they would not be relevant has been <laughs> correct. Um, yeah, Seahawks off a bye for me. I just think, you know, I think the bye week is often... Under, underestimated in terms of just how important it can be. Um, and for a team like the Seahawks, who like to run the ball, getting their guys rested and healthy and fresh and having had you know two weeks to dissect a pretty poor Raiders team anyway. Uh, Jeff Saturday can beat them on four days prep. I think that Pete Carroll can beat them on two weeks prep. <laughs> yeah, I think that, that's, that's a very fair assessment once more. Uh, Rams plus 14 and a half at the Chiefs. Uh, total of 44. That's, um, yeah, not been the best Super Bowl defence for, for the Rams this season. And we don't really know who the quarterback is for this one. Uh, Stafford um, is a concussion protocol again. And this one looked like it probably was a pretty serious concussion. And John Wolford was injured as well. Bryson Perkins stepped in at the weekend and he did all right for essentially a third choice um, backup quarterback. Um, but the Rams without Cooper Cup, uh, obviously they released Darrell Henderson this week. So... Obviously not happy with with him and the run game. He seemed happy with it, so he um he's posted on Twitter with thumbs up and things like that. So I don't think he's too fussed. Um, so yeah, I guess Cam Akers is the lead back there, and it doesn't really matter. They have been pretty pretty awful this year. And uh, the Chiefs obviously had a few injuries at the weekend, but again, they've got Patrick Mahomes. He seems to be able to do it with anyone as long as Travis Kelsey's not the one getting injured, and Kelsey, such word, doesn't get injured. Um, Kadarius Tony, I don't know about him. I'll uh, let Liam deal with all this kind of stuff. Um, he was injured. Juju has had uh, missed out with um, concussion this week, 
Um, again, I'll leave it to Liam. Uh, Liam, on to you for injury updates for us. Injury corner. Um, I think that Tony won't play, would be my guess. Um, but I'm more confident that Juju might play. Um, feels like he's going to be due back in practice, they hope, this week. Um, whether they risk him for this game, I'm not sure, because it doesn't mean as much. Because um, I think it's the Bengals, isn't it, next week? So Is that right? The yeah. Chiefs Bengals next week? Yeah. yeah, so that game means a lot more. It definitely so. is. Yeah, so they might not risk him, to be honest, but he said that he's going to practice. Um, in terms of other injuries, uh, CH also went on IR today, um, which is great news. <laughs> Pacheco can now get more touches. I feel harsh saying that, but I just think CH is awful, um, whereas Pacheco is is a much better running back. So, yeah, I think the offense will be fine. It'll be good. Obviously, Patrick Mahomes in America is down to, I think it's minus 150 now to be MVP, and you can get him at 10 to 1 at the start of the season. Um so, yeah, I think that Chiefs will win the game. I don't know what our record is, but as a fan, I can imagine it's terrible in big spread games. Uh, so I'm not sure I would touch the Chiefs with this level of a spread. But, um, yeah, the Chiefs should win the game. So if you can tease them down, put them in accumulators to, to add some value to stuff, I think that's fair enough. I just, yeah, it's a lot of points. We should win by that many, especially if it's Hopkins, who it looks like is going to play for the Rams. Um, and obviously the Rams are struggling to defend the run and, Pacheco had a really good game last week. So, yeah, I think we'll be fine, but I just probably will stay away from it and try and enjoy it as a fan and hopefully win by three touchdowns and I can celebrate with my friend who's a Rams fan. 14 and a half is a lot, but this is the Chiefs. And the Rams look dead. They've got nothing about them right now. If Perkins starts, I mean, Chiefs defense isn't bad. I mean, you know, they're not bad at all. Like, I just... I. I find it hard to take anything in this aside from the over and the Chiefs minus 14 and a half because the Chiefs score 45 on their own and then you don't have any stress about it. Um, my, my only concern would be don't take Patrick Mahomes passing yards overs because he could be out of the game after three quarters. Though again, he could also have 400 passing yards in three quarters because he's that <laughs> unbelievably good. So yeah, Chiefs all the way for me. The Rams absolutely dead. Um yeah, strange times to see a Super Bowl champion that devoid of any hope. Yeah. yeah. Um, the Chiefs with Mahomes. So from November the 11th, 2018, which I believe was Mahomes' um, time, uh, they've been home they home favourites of 14 points four times. They're 2-2 two and two against the spread, uh, and the unders hit in every single one of them. Uh, the game's about 37-44. <laughs> 38 and 40 points in them. Um, so, yeah, I he's guess. Al- he's also like undefeated in uh, November and December for like three seasons now. So, it's one of them where it's like, yeah, yeah we might not cover, but they're going to win the game. So, yeah, it might be a tease opportunity. And I'll add as well that um, Rams' offensive line is terrible. So, <laughs> Chris Jones' two-plus sack bets, I think, are if you can request them on Sky, are worth it just because... Um, yeah, they are one of the worst offensive lines. And even if the offense takes a foot off a gas, Spags, our defensive coordinator, will just keep blitzing the whole game. So uh, regardless of the score. So I think our offense might deliberately slow down, but the defense will just be crazy. So yeah, I might go for some Chris Jones props if I can find them. Under 44 would uh, would be the sensible one there for me, I think. Um, Saints plus nine and a half at the 49ers. Um, I think we've we've all been quite high on the 49ers in recent weeks since they traded for Christian McCaffrey. I know that I definitely am. I think they are possibly the NFC favourites now in my mind, um, despite obviously not showing that on paper yet. They um, they won comfortably on Monday night against the Cardinals and they have some more 
well, they've they've got flexible pieces. They've got adaptable pieces in the backfield there with Christian McCaffrey, obviously Debo Samuel doing his stuff. Elijah Mitchell has returned and is racking up um, very high yard per carry. Brandon Ayuk scored a couple. Uh, George Kittle scored a couple. It's all it's all ticking along nicely there, and we know that Jimmy G can get them to big games. Whether he can do it in the in at the end of the season, I don't know. Uh, we know that Andy Dalton can't do it for the Saints, um, but. They keep him in, and Jameis was saying, I can't remember whether we mentioned it last week or whether I heard it somewhere else, uh, Jameis was saying that he's not been fully healthy or able to get through a full week of practice all season, which is would probably explain why Dalton's keeping the job. Uh, Chris Olave is arguably um, could be the favourite for offensive rookie of the year. He's had an incredible year, uh, but the Saints don't have enough to keep up with the 49ers who have a very solid defence, so I would be leaning... Um, to the 49ers minus nine and a half to be honest um, not one again, again not one I'll take I think it's a little too high um, but if I've done alright in the early games I might have a little nibble on it uh, the total is 43 in this game yeah I would lean 49ers as well um, it, the only issue you're going to have is if you have one of them Jimmy G games where he has a couple of interceptions and it's just a struggle for them to score enough points but uh, yeah they're the favourite in the NFC for me they're the best team most talented team um, even over the Eagles so uh, yeah, I would go that. I would probably stay away from the total. Uh, and you're right, Jameis did say that. And then this week he also said he's been benched um, not because of health. And he looked really angry as well when he was talking about that. So I don't quite know what's going on with Jameis. feels like that relationship's a bit doomed. Um, and then it feels like similar to the Michael Thomas situation where maybe they just can't deal with their, their best players. And I heard a good story this week. that You know the week they won 24-0 against the Raiders? Um I heard that Sean Payton actually went in and did the team talk two days before the game. And that was like the only game they'd won in six weeks was the game that Sean Payton went and visited the team. And then Dennis Allen comes back in <laughs> and then they lose most of their other games. So I don't know what that tells us. But yeah, in this game, I would take 49ers. Oh, God, if it's a 49ers Vikings NFC Championship game, my credibility is in the gutter. <laughs> Not that I have any, but like 49ers Vikings NFC Championship is my absolute worst nightmare. Um, I'm going to lead to the Saints here. The 49ers have done a bunch of traveling. They're in Mexico on Monday night. Played a tough game there. Tough-ish. Not really that tough. Anyway, um, I, I, I think the Saints could keep this close. Um, Olave looks really good. I think you can. I, I, I refuse to believe the 49ers are a 10-point better than New Orleans Saints. I just can't. I can't see that. So, um, yeah, give me, give me the Saints plus 9.5. And, a half and uh, yeah, maybe the over. Maybe the over. Yeah, um, yeah, not one I'll be paying that much attention to. Uh, Sunday night football is Packers plus seven at the Eagles. 46.5 is the total in that one. Um, it, I'm going to say it before Liam does. It seems like one of those games where Aaron Rodgers is going to show, show up in prime time just to show that he's not dead and that his team is not utterly terrible. Obviously, Christian Watson has been uh, has blown up in the last few weeks. Five touchdowns in two games. That's more than DJ Moore has ever had in a season. Um, I don't know why picking on DJ Moore there. It was just a stat that I noticed. Uh, someone else posted. It's nothing really against him. More a pro Christian Watson in his rookie year thing. So we'll see how he does. Obviously, Eagles defense is pretty well up there. Uh, the pass rush is good and the secondary is very good for them. Um, I don't think the Eagles can cover by seven, though. They seem to have fallen off a bit recently. Um, AJ Brown, obviously who's been dealing with injuries. Dallas Goddard's out again for, well, I think he was, went on AIR, so he's definitely out for this one. So 
I guess I'd be leaning to Packers plus seven, despite the fact that I don't have any faith in them at all. Uh, and probably under on the total. I think the Eagles will win. I think the Eagles, I mean, ideally for me, 49ers for Eagles in the championship game would be ideal. But we'll um, we'll see how that happens later in the season. Um, so, yeah, I, I guess I would lean to the Packers plus one, uh, plus seven even. Um, but, again, it's not one I'll be paying much attention to. Yeah, this was nearly a best bet. But then I uh, remember when I lost my last Packers best bet and I had to pray to the, the gambling gods to forgive me for betting on Aaron Rodgers. So, uh, yeah, I would go plus seven. Um, on our group chats, we spoke about will they go undefeated and most of us said no. And which games will they lose? And I said this was the game they were going to lose. So I'm just going to predict that that still comes true and I'm going to take the seven. Um, like you said, Watson's played really well, uh, especially in the red zone, which has made a bit of a difference. Randall Cobb's back as well. Um, that shouldn't make a difference, but for some reason for Aaron Rodgers, Randall Cobb does make a difference because he likes to feed the people he likes off the field <laughs> rather than just throw it to the best players. Um, hopefully for your sake, we see an AJ Dillon touchdown. I'm starting to uh, worry about that that prop. That's never going to come in. Um, but yeah, like you said, the Eagles has been poor. The offense has not been good for two weeks. They haven't been good in second halves for four weeks nearly now. Um, my co-host on my other podcast is an Eagles fan. He's very worried about just how the offense looks and when you lose a tight end, unless his name's probably Andrews or Kelsey, your offense shouldn't look as bad as it did last week. So, yeah, I'll go Packers. I hope it's a fun game. Um, probably stay away from the total because on paper, both teams have got talented defenders. Um, Some, yeah, I just lean away from the total, but I think plus seven's a good bet for the Packers. Yeah, I like the Packers with the points as well. It's hard to uh, hard to go against a plus seven with Aaron Rodgers in prime time. Just, I know they kind of got handled by the Titans last week. But again, then, you know, that just pisses him off more and he tries to come out. I mean, really, at the end of the day, it does look like he is a shadow of his former self, which doesn't make sense considering, you know, it was less than eight months ago that he was MVP for whatever reason. But um, yeah, uh, Christian Watson's done really well for my fantasy teams. Good lad. And uh, I just I, I think the Packers can keep it close, though I do think the Eagles probably win. And, you know, the, the Rodgers uh, Super Bowl dream retirement tour is uh, is pretty dead, it feels like. Yeah, we, we can we can hope. Um, Steelers <laughs> plus two and a half on Monday night. This is a game that the uh, at the Colts, sorry, a total of thirty nine. They uh, the league don't flex out Monday nights, so they managed to get rid of the Steelers last week, um, which ironically turned into a really entertaining game at thirty seven thirty. But they got rid of them out of prime time last week. They can't do it this week, so it's a Monday night game that I don't think many of us will be watching. Um, I mean, I've got a lean to Colts minus two and a half. That's not just my anti-Steelers bias. It's the fact that Kenny Pickett is terrible. I do not think he's a very good quarterback. He he had a few glimpses. George Pickens, in fairness, I've been giving it a lot of stick this year uh, with him, but that was more to do with the media bias towards Steelers wide receivers rather than him as a person and him on the field. He he made some very good catches at the weekend, and that's what he tends to do in lo- in losing circumstances for the Steelers and I do think they're going to lose again I assume I assume Matt Ryan will play I assume that Jonathan Taylor will be fully fit and that should be enough for them really so Colts minus two and a half would be my lean here but as I've said many times this week it's not a game I'll paying a huge amount of attention to yeah, same with me. Colts is my lean, um, but I won't actually bet this game or watch it. I think this is a terrible game. I wish they could have flexed this out. Um, as someone who's off work the day after, I think it'd be nice to be able to stay up and watch a Monday night game. But um, yeah, it won't be this game. Uh, yeah, under, I'd probably lean under and go with the points. I just think 
that Colts are a little bit better than this team uh, just because of Kenny Pickett versus Matt Ryan, basically. I do really quite like the Colts in this game. Uh, the Steelers have started to look a little bit better. Najee Harris looks a little bit more like Najee Harris. Um, I'm a big fan of Pat Fryer the tight end. I think with a uh, with a back, he would look in that kind of top tier of tight ends potentially. Um, but yeah, I just think the Colts have looked like a new team under Jeff Saturday. Weirdly, um, doesn't necessarily make a lot of sense, but they really probably should have beaten the Eagles. You know, this past weekend they had it in control and uh, managed to let it slip. Sadly, but uh, I think the Colts will handle the Steelers quite handedly on Monday night. I do slightly like the over. 39 is quite a low total. And uh, while there might be a lot of running, I also think there could be a few touchdowns in this one. We, um, well, I was going to say we shall see, but we won't because, as I say, me and Callum are going to be watching this one. So, yeah, it's uh, always the way when you've got a week off. It's always a terrible game. Um, so, yeah, my question was going to be, I put it on Twitter earlier in the week saying that Argentina, uh, uh, to me, they are the Chargers of world football. But then I thought, are they the Chargers? <laughs> Or are they one of the other teams that I wanted to mention? I can't even remember who the hell it was now. Um, yeah, it was basically uh, they are one of the most talented teams on paper, but constantly fail. And I was just wondering if you had any other kind of connections to the World Cup team, teams <laughs> that you could compare to World Cup teams. Uh, pre pre Gareth Southgate England teams also spring to mind, uh, especially with the best player getting injured before every tournament. Uh, with Beckham, Rooney, yeah. etc., uh, that seems to happen to the Chargers a lot. None of our physios have punctured any players' lungs, but um, yeah, there's still been some. So that they kind of spring to mind a little bit. Um, who was it that lost seven nil to Brazil? Someone lost seven nil to Brazil. Who was that? that this tournament? That, that was no, no, that semi-final years ago. They lost like six one or something. Yeah, Brazil. Crazy. Brazil lost. Brazil lost seven one to Germany. Oh, yeah. yeah. So maybe Brazil, that tournament, spring to mind because they were second favourites to win it and then they lose to 7 1 to Germany. But yeah, uh, I do also like Belgium was going to be my comparison to the Chargers, actually. So it, yeah, it was Argentina or Belgium is basically the Chargers that they look good on paper but constantly let them let everyone down. Hard to disagree with that as a comparison, to be fair. Um, I think Belgium maybe have had a little bit more success though. Whereas I think you're right, Argentina, since they've had Messi in, in the World Cup at least, it's a lot of uh, exits before the quarterfinals, isn't it? Which is a little bit chargery, it feels like. Yeah, get get to the promised land and then go out as soon as you possibly can. Uh, Argentina won the um, Copa America this year at least. So yeah. that was. I was going to say a, if they are, well, if I they guess are, I was going to I was going to do it in air quotes, but. I said they are Argentina though. Who's the Saudi Arabia that beat them? Is it the Texans or whoever it was last year that managed it's to? That, it's that yeah, it's that game last Giants. year when the when the um no the the when the Bills lost to the Jaguars last year. That's uh that's the Saudi yeah. Arabia upset. <laughs> yeah, that's the equivalent. Yeah, yeah the biggest uh, yeah favorites against probably the worst team in the league. Yeah, so uh, yeah, that's um. Yep, just uh, popped to my mind while I was half right I, after you. After I realised you guys were watching the World Cup game, I thought I'll chuck it on as well. So um, I've been half watching that as well. <laughs> and in fairness, Canada looked pretty good. They do. Um, so right, let's uh, let's close out this one then. It's an hour and a bit. Um, I am on holiday officially on holiday, but we are on strike this, this week, Royal Mail. So this is uh, this is what trade you. 
juniors looks like. Uh, support your postman. Um, we're not doing it just to pee you off. We're doing it because the changes in terms and conditions are going to destroy the job. Um, it's nothing about money either before everyone says about that. It's all about uh, changes, start times and ridiculous guff like that from from the big men. And frankly, if one of the biggest unions in the country can't do anything to help their workers, then everyone else is screwed as well. So you need Royal Mail to do well in the, uh, You need the union to do well in this one. Um, so I will leave it on that. Um, support your postie. <laughs> Uh, see you all later. Bye-bye.